And you know what? You know what? I just got to say this, John. I, John. Yeah. I know. I know you were very happy with what Brian Cashman did. I, I, you you were praising his yeah. moves at the end of our show last week. Absolutely. But you know what the messed up part of all that is? We went off air before Brian Cashman completely went and screwed it all up. Yes. Um, I, I, I believe uh, the Yankees traded Jordan Montgomery away. Yeah, and I was course, reading like, that. And, and of course, like a shot. lot of a lot of uh, Yankee fans, you have no idea. What is wrong with the fan base of your team, Beast? Oh, let me let me get into what it. What is wrong with them? Because let they, me get I, into I, it because I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off at Brian Cashman right now. That you should okay. Be. I should be very pissed off. This is downtown sports. This is where sports come home. I'm the beast of the east, Jonathan Periente. Now you know there's a saying that we follow in baseball, right? Yeah, yeah. There's simply um moves you make and there are moves you don't make in the trade deadline, right? You know, you want to make improvements mm-hmm. to your team, correct? You you yeah. want your team to get to that playoff level. You want to yep. address the problems your team has directly right in front of it. Oh, I wish you would. I wish you were this mad last week when I was. And Cashman was wait was was making moves. You know, God yeah. bet Intendi. Okay, you addressed the problem there. You yeah, needed a bat. Yeah, Good. I, I, look, look, look. You, you know what? You and else. Let me let, let me let me let me dive into let me throw, okay. let me dive into all of okay. it. Let me dive okay. into all of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You get you get Andrew Benintendi. Okay, that was good. Okay. You needed to get a starter. You got Frankie Montas. Okay. Fine. All right. I can live with that move. Really, you could. Well. Up at that point, I could have lived with it. I, <laughs> I told lived with you. It. Then you got some pieces for the bullpen. Okay, you got Lou Trevino. Okay, you got Scott Efros. Your bullpen needed help. I understand. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is where I drew a line. And it was okay. the very last move Brian Cashman made. Oh, and I yeah. thought I was I, I was looking at the trade, right? And I had mm-hmm. to wonder, uh, could I have just imagined it? Did Brian Cashman trade... Jordan Montgomery to the St. Louis Cardinals for a injured outfielder named Harrison Bader. Yes. 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 And then I had to look at myself and go, that means Domingo Herman, who should be gone, Mm -hmm. now has to stay in our rotation. Yeah. And then Luis Severino, Mm -hmm. he goes to the 60-day injured list. Yep. And now, and now I'm looking can. at Brian Cashman and I say, what the f- you done? And guess what? Guess what? Do you want to know what the worst part of that is? I'll give you two bits of it. Severino is on the 60 day IL, right? And he doesn't believe he's hurt. Okay. He's on the 60 day IL, right? So yeah. um, that's first. Mm-hmm. The Yankees, according to all conventional wisdom, were thinking about bringing him back as a bullpen piece, correct? Well, that would be Guess what you can't back. do now that Jordan Montgomery's gone. You have no stopgap in your rotation. Thing number two. Thing number two. Do you know what that Bader move was? That was supposed to be Oh, we'll let Carpenter keep playing. And then when Bader is ready to come back, he'll slot right in. And then we only need to give up a player to get him versus trade a bunch of our farm to get Uriel, which they did not do. So now the Yankees missed out on Uriel. 
because you know, they made a calculation with Carpenter thinking that he could hold up until Bader comes back in maybe the beginning and, to middle of September. And do you know what's happened now? You know what's happened now? Carpenter's broken his foot after he yep. got plunked with a pitch. He's likely out for the year. Yep. So now, guess who has to play the outfield until Bader comes back? Aaron Hicks. Yep. Isn't that great? Yes. Isn't that awesome? Aren't Aaron Hicks who can't get that? a base hit to save his life. I know. I know. I know. Beast, 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 beast. It gets worse. And you wonder why the Yankees are five under since the break. You know why, why? they're seven and 12? Do you realize that they, that their month of July, I believe, like yeah. they had. Towards the end of July. Yes. Uh, 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 They've uh, had uh, only about 13 wins since mid-July. You know that? I think in their last 30 games, they have less than 10 wins. And you know what's even worse? You you know what's even worse? Hold on. Until last night's victory, Mm -hmm. the other night's victory, excuse me. Yeah. That was their first win since the trade deadline passed. Yeah. They had no wins since the trade deadline happened. And all y'all trusted Brian Cashman. You see, that's why I can't get down with you Yankee fans. You are so bandwagony. It makes me sick. In the offseason, finally, everybody started to say the same things I've been saying, you've been saying, shouts to Jay's juice that he's been saying, that Cashman's he turned us guy. on to. Cashman's not, Cashman needs to go. Fire, yeah. gone. Adios. But 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 then but and I understand winning cures all ills and everybody and I do you know how much backlash I got from that Brian Cashman rant I did? Do you know how much backlash I got? I heard people telling me, are, what, are you Yankee ready fans? for this? What from, from Yankees fans? Yankee fans, analysts, all like, right? They thought you were smoking something, right? They thought you were yeah. drinking the juice a little bit. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? No, 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 I wasn't. They were. Um Here's the thing. Everybody was telling me you can't get on Cashman for that. They're 11 and a half games up. And I'm like, but weren't they 15 up like uh, two weeks ago yeah, yeah. before that? And nobody wanted to push the panic button. I'm sitting here slapping it for you guys. I'm not even a Yankee fan. Yeah. And I'm uh- trying to tell you that your team is imploding. Yeah, let Nobody me. wants to listen. Yeah, let me, let me, let me show you the uh, the American League East right now. I, I want to take a very sharp look at this. Uh, Yankees ah. are only ten and a half up on Toronto. That sounds like a lot, but it's not as much as it was maybe about three weeks ago. The Yanks are twelve up on Tampa Bay. They're twelve and a half up on Baltimore. And by the way, the Yankees have to play Boston at the end of this week. Even though Boston's three under, you think Boston's not licking their chops to want to spoil the Yankees' uh, potential run at getting in? Hell yeah, Boston is still in the wild card hunt so yeah, not they're on the outside of it but they're certainly they're there the they're within it. striking distance yeah. look they didn't trade away their whole team yeah but the orioles are right there the orioles have moved their, themselves into wild card contention now they look but, dead out of the water you several know what, months though? ago you know what though here's the big problem i told you all who you needed to get it was I the crown jewel of that trade it. deadline. It was I had been jewel. saying it since the beginning of July. And every every trade deadline, hell, the Yankees talk about they wanted Castillo, Castillo, Castillo. 
And but they guess what happened? Give, oh, but they didn't want to give up Bolpe. Oh, yeah. Bolpe. Great. Nope. They didn't want to give him up. Oh, no. Don't want to give him up. And you were screaming about that, too. So don't even don't even start yeah. to, like, pretend that you. I was. And then you uh, and then you too, Beast. And I have to get on you for this. Please, you were please, all no, I deserve it. Frankie I deserve Montas it. move. You were, but they got Montas. Well, Montas is pretty solid. A good starter. He has Where good did stuff. Did he come from? Came from Oakland. Oakland. Okay. Mets got Bassett from Oakland. They got Marte from Oakland. They got Kana from Oakland. Mets recruited quite a few Oakland A's to their team, and they've done pretty damn good. Were they ever meant to be the savior of this organ of the Mets organization? Were they the big deadline pickup going from absolute obscurity in a city where people don't even were a city where people barely watch baseball? Montas was right up there behind Castillo as at least one of the top go afters in the in the trade deadline. He was one of the top pieces there along with Castillo. And isn't it funny how nobody else was jumping at that opportunity but Brian Cashman? Look at what it cost Seattle to get Castillo. It cost them several top prospects. You don't think Oakland was not going to do the exact same thing? We want your top prospects so you're not getting. Why with us? did we just and by the way, we gave away our number you you guys gave away your number we one. We gave up all the Chuck, we gave up JP Sears, we gave up a couple of pieces in the farm. And for the him. one of the only ones of those big ones that Seattle that that uh, the Reds really wanted was Volpe. Volpe. And they would have taken Hicks, Gallo, and another. And you wouldn't have had to trade away your whole damn farm. But no, 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 no. You gotta mortgage that future that you've been building and building. So that you could get another Sonny Gray in here. By the way, it was another Oakland A. So, so, and um, you remember what I said about uh, Castillo and uh, Montas, what we were going to see in, in, in that yep. series? Do, do you remember? Yeah. The Yankees have faced Castillo four times. Actually, three times since this trade went down, right? So I the Yankees the trade went down. The Yankees faced the Reds before the trade deadline happened. They faced Castillo there at Yankee Stadium. Okay. You played Castillo again when he first joined the Mariners at Yankee Stadium. By the way, last night was the first home start for Luis Castillo as a Mariner and against the no Yankees. Runs. Again. So last night, Castillo gave up no runs on uh, two hits and eight, eight shutout innings, right? Yep. Okay. Yankee Stadium. That was Garrett Cole's worst start, by the way, against Castillo in that one. Castillo served up three runs. Okay. Not terrible. Not the worst thing. And then you played Castillo at the Bronx when he was a red. He gave up one run. So altogether, the Yankees have scored in three outings that Castillo has been on the mound against them. They've scored four runs. Four runs in a grand total of 21 innings. That amazing? Isn't that wonderful? No, that's not. And yeah, it would have been wonderful if he was your guy on your team. Yeah. Well, uh, you were you were telling me how how the, the the Reds wanted too much, but no, no, apparently they did not want too much because uh, remember what I said Montas was going to do in his first start, and look at what happened when Montas took the mound in St. Louis. He gave you he, he didn't just give up five; he gave up six. Yeah, and you know what the sad and, part is? The Yankees gave him a four-one lead early. And look, and I I feel bad for him. And you know he had but here's the problem. teammates and yada yada. But. Yeah, but do you know what? Yeah, I know the fly. 
But when your offense says, okay, my guy, we know you're having a tough week. You just moved to New York. Now you have to be on a plane to St. Louis. Your mother-in-law passed away. Here's a gift. Four runs. Somebody like uh, Frankie Montas should have been able to uh, yeah. take care of that against yeah. a, a Cardinal team that just can't hit. Yeah. The Besides for really... Goldschmidt, they can't hit right now. Yeah. Who started that game for St. Louis? Oh. Oh. oh, well, that this well that particular last game with Montas was Wainwright, but the game before that was the one I'm really upset about. Yeah, I was. I was. I, you, I, you, I, you lost that game. You lost that game one nothing. Normally, I wouldn't be screaming about it if it was to any other pitcher, but the pitcher it had to be against was Jordan Montgomery, and he didn't even go deep in that game. He only went five innings. And all you could do was scratch out two hits. Two hits. Best offensive baseball. Oh, they don't need anybody to help them out offensively. They're set. Montgomery's looked at it as an afterthought. Because Oh, we just got rid of Gallo. We are see Gallo's gone. Now the problem's gone. What? Montgomery was an extra starter that helped you. Montgomery was an extra starter that Herman was the extra starter, not Montgomery. And I don't understand because the Yankees organization has had this problem between these two starters for a long time. They've given Herman chances before they gave Montgomery chances. They didn't want to bring Montgomery up and then Herman got hurt and they had to. So always this organization has chosen Domingo Herman, a guy who's injured, who's often injured. And if he's not hurt, he's suspended for yeah, domestic violence. That quotes to bad judgment. That just quotes to terrible judgment by your own general manager, by your own farm system, by your own. I mean, when has Cashman had good judgment? He he never had good judgment Zero. when he took over the team. Zero. That's when he's not had. Good, that's when he's last had judgment. Zero. He's never had good. Brian judgment. Cashman is a freaking maintenance mechanic. He's a maintenance mechanic. He didn't build the car. He didn't design the specs. He took over a team that Stick Michael gave him, and he's been retooling that team ever since. He he never rebuilt the Yankees. When did I he rebuild them? them? He's only made them worse. He's made them worse. He hasn't made them better. He's made them worse each year. They've won world. They've won one, one world, world championship in his tenure. No, just one. Pretty much. If you and he was there a lot longer. An inherited team, you know, he inherited that team in '96. So I can't say Cashman won a World Series because that was Gene Michaels' team that he built for '96, for '98, for '99, and 2000. That was all Gene Michael. Yep. All those pieces were Gene Stick Michael, mm-hmm. not Brian Cashman. Preach on. You're the Yankee fan. I've been trying to speak for you for a long time. Yeah. You've been very quiet. The so now it's yours. time. The whole Yankees team. If you haven't been watching it over the past month, you've seen the exposure of why this team is not going to win a World Series. You've seen it. You've seen why this team has been imploding the second half of the year. You see why this team continues to collapse in the second half. You know why? Because of the lack of fundamentals on this team, the lack of chemistry on this team. And, you know, when I look at the Yankees lineup every day, I, I always keep seeing the lineup different every day. Have you noticed that? Have you ever looked at the Yankees lineup mouth and you've, you've kind of see, oh, you know, a guy starts hitting and then uh, Boone doesn't play him. Then he plays a guy that doesn't deserve to be in the lineup the next day, right? Have you seen that? I've seen that ever since Boone became the manager. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Makes you wonder, you know, either Boone just can't 
manage on his own when he has to, or Brian Cashman's been holding his hand the entire time he's been here. And this is why, ladies and gentlemen, you wonder why the Yankees aren't winning a World Series. I have to wonder if they're even going to make the playoffs this year right now because of how bad they're playing. If last night wasn't a microcosm of just how bad this team has fallen over the past month, I mean, how many times do you run yourself out of an inning three in a row? All in extra innings, by the way, when you have the, the phantom runner. And let, let me just, uh, I'm going to uh, really lay this out. Just, just, just to lay out the case. Mm-hmm. Brian Cashman took over the team in 1998. Yep. 1998. 98-99-2000. Um, three World Series championships. And uh, he was the assistant general manager in the 1996 World Series team. But he didn't build it. And he had the blueprint for those three years. And when it was time for him to improve the team and to add players to make the team better, um, there was a nine-year gap between 2000 and 2009. And now it's 2022. He has been at this for 24 years. And what's and he the done? The only title I could say that was legitimately built by him was 2009. It's a shame. It's really a shame. From 2013, like, let's say from 2010 to 2016. This was Brian Cashman's tenure and his entire uh, body of work. Mm-hmm. Starting in the year 2010, he tells Derek Jeter that he would prefer to have Troy Tulowitzki as the Yankees starting stor- shortstop. Mm-hmm. He vet, um, ownership then signs Rafael Soriano without Cashman's approval. Cashman stated at Soriano's press conference that he disagreed with the deal. 2013, A-Rod composes a tweet saying that he'd been cleared to play by his doctors after hip surgery. Cashman was not pleased about the tweet, claiming that the doctors did not give such authority to clear Rodriguez to play after seeking a second opinion with the team, causing their relationship to be annihilated. He also made it public during that season that he wanted to trade Robinson Cano, reasoning that they would be unable to resign him in the next offseason. Oh, yeah. Ownership said no. After 2013, the Yankees that came on and off the team included Masahiro Tanaka, Jacoby Ellsbury, Brian McCann, Carlos Beltran, inked them all the contracts totaling $438 million. Um, They missed the playoffs for the second consecutive year after the 2013, 2014. So 2013, 2014, no playoffs. Uh, 2015 that, was when Houston eliminated them in the wild card game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so Cashman gets signed uh, to the to another three year deal because, you know, that's just a great body of work. You know, mm-hmm. no playoffs for two years in a row. And yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So when um, and, and by the way, here are the other great players he acquired since, uh, you know, before the baby bomber era. Didi Gregorius, Nathan Evaldi. He traded Beltron to the Rangers, Andrew Miller, and he got rid of Aroldis Chapman and sent him to the Cubs to bolster the farm system. And then you see all of this with, uh, you know, what's going on from 2017 on. Yeah. 
but even then um moves that are still uh question marky for example trading for joey gallo last year that i never understood john carlos getting john carlos stanton on this squad that i never understood at a time um, when you didn't even need him right yeah this is the problem with cash the only thing cashman's gotten right is uh, at least in terms of signing a free agent since 2010 or trading for a player since 2010 has been anthony rizzo and you see, uh, you know, it was funny how you, you brought up a cash from there about uh, A-Rod with the hip surgery and, you know, Soriano was a move he didn't want to make. It just shows you how out of touch Cashman is on this team and just how out of touch he is in the whole world of how the game of baseball is now over that span. You realize that? Good teams that want to win the World Series are going to go all in. They're not going to hold back. They're going to make the moves they need to make. And if that piece is available, you do everything in your power to get him. That's what George Steinbrenner would never have would never have, have let happen. He would have gone at, after these guys. At the end of 2012, we were saying he should have been gone. 2013 and 2014 both proved us correct. 2015, they made the playoffs. Wild card game. Yeah. That was when pretty much when the wild card game was. And then was the next uh, chance they had was 2017. I think, they, did they sniff the playoffs in 2016? A little? Yeah, but didn't... Uh... But again, didn't didn't quite have a didn't quite have a, enough to snuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, shame. Again, it's a real. Oh, it's a real yeah. It's a real shame. Oh, that was great. And then that, that that's what they that's what convinced uh, the Steinbrenner family to keep Brian Cashman on. Your team has done this to themselves. Now, we oh, yeah, they didn't all this. Eighty four and seventy eight. That was their record in twenty sixteen. They didn't make the playoffs with that. They were fourth in the East. Terrible. By the way, we say all this while the Yankees we're pretty much uh best team in baseball not anymore nope. Astros now they're the best, third now they're the, the fourth Dodgers. best team in baseball now they're number four at least yeah they have now been they're now tied with the astros now for the best record in the american league houston can easily overtake them now probably yankees were eight up on them at one point right uh-huh yep where'd that go yeah Oh, but everything's okay, and I'm just everything's okay, and I'm just delusional because you know, Yankees are over ten games up in the division. I mean, what what do they have to worry about? It never mattered with the regular season with this team. Yeah, it never mattered. Oh yeah, even in (laughs) uh, oh yeah, I I completely forgot. Uh, remember 1999, David Wells going to the Blue Jays (laughs) to get Roger Clemens. Yeah. Remember how the fan base hated him for that? Uh, arranged for the trade of Alfonso Soriano for uh, Alex Rodriguez. He's the reason A-Rod was on this team and yep. making sure nobody else could come. That was 2004, yes. You know what the best thing would have been? Um, I would have loved it if in 2005 the Nationals would have hired him to be their GM because that was about the time where his usefulness ran out. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. It's incredible how Cashman could have had all the pieces in place, and he let them all go. Oh yeah, before two the from two thousand and six to two thousand and nine, Cece Sabathia, AJ Burnett, Mark Deshera, and Nick Swisher. This is all from two thousand nine. That's two thousand six to two thousand and nine. Well, yeah, Swisher was there, but I mean, uh. But Sabathia Burnett came in in 2009. That's when they transformed. That's when they built their World Series team. That was at the beginning of the year. Cashman, for some reason, was not afraid to get those pitchers and spend a boatload of hundreds of millions of dollars to get them. Then 
What yeah, changed? I can tell you, I'll tell you what changed. This is the lineup of players that he really signed that were big-name players. CC Sabathia had a great career as a Yankee. A.J. Burnett, crap. Mark Teixeira, yeah. pretty good as a Yankee. Nick Swisher, we all know where that went. Um, they wanted Troy Tulowitzki, didn't get him. Um, when they didn't did get want him, Rafael Soriano. Yeah, Got. Soriano was okay. Soriano um, was okay. They signed Masahiro Tanaka, Jacoby Ellsbury, Brian McCann, Carlos Beltran. Um, they wanted to trade Robinson Cano, but didn't get the permission to do it. Uh, they sent Andrew Miller to, in, to uh, the then Cleveland Indians, and the the last great move he made in 2016 was sending a Roldis Chapman to get Torres. Get Labor uh, Torres. Yeah, and yep. uh, that's why from then on we've seen the Steinburners be very, very tight with the checkbook. Yeah. Because when he had it, what did he do with it? Nothing. He squandered it. He yeah. wasted it. Yeah. If that it, doesn't tell it, me that Cashman it, shouldn't be here anymore, that doesn't tell me why Cashman is still here to this very day. The only reason Brian Cashman is here to this very day is because George Steinbrenner is no longer with us. Yeah. George would have fired him Six years ago. Maybe even 10 years ago, for that matter. Maybe this yeah. whole debacle would never have happened 10 years ago. 2012? In 2012. 2012? Yeah. Like he was supposed to be? Like yeah. anyone else would have fired him? Except Steinbrenner left us in 2010, which was unfortunate at that time. So let's just wrap this all up in a nice little bow so we get on to the MLP top 10 in the next segment. Yes. The Yankees spend their entire farm system almost to get a guy in Frankie Montas that gave up five runs to a St. Louis Cardinals team that only has one hitter. Um, meanwhile, Castillo would have came to you for about the same price. And he has literally shut the Yanks down in two straight outings that he's pitched against them. 14 innings, three runs, about 14 innings, three there runs. You go. The biggest move that he made, and by the way, Ben Attendee's nice. He's just the guy to pick up the slack for LeMay's down year. That's not really an improvement. And um, the only good thing he did was somehow get Joey Gallo off the team. Severino gets hurt, and in response, you trade Montgomery away. Um, You are counting on Matt Carpenter to keep playing like the Matt Carpenter of old. And you now just saw the end of his career. You needed a no. proven player out there. And now you got Aaron Hicks running out there. And if even if Aaron Hicks can somehow you know, play offensively decent enough to not be like a weight, a boat anchor on the Yankees. Which he's been all year. Who's to say he's not going to get hurt again? Oh, he probably will. I'm waiting for that to happen right now at this point. Yeah, maybe that'll maybe then they'll finally let Andujar play. Well, Andujar was called up because of Carpenter's injury, and he's been in the lineup the last couple of days now. Yeah, but that doesn't solve much of anything. You're just having DH. You're just having Andujar DH. Yeah, it really doesn't do much. And at the end of the day, the Yankees made all these headlines. They made all these big splashy moves, except. They weren't really splashy. They were just a lot of them. And a lot of them for reasons that I don't truly understand. I mean, 
You wanted an outfield guy. I mean, Uriel was out there. You, you had to get Ben Attendee. That was it. Um, you needed a starter. You gave one away. Not a 24-year veteran general manager with supposed four world championships under his belt. That's not who I expect to make that move. Well, it's bad enough you let Castillo go. It's bad enough that you let Juan Soto go. And you kind of look at, well, Padres didn't have to give up much to get him, it seems like. It seems like they actually got more of a better end of the deal when you think about it. You could have given up all those prospect packages for Bell and Soto. At the same time, you could have solved two problems. And then you wouldn't have to. And then you could wait bye-bye to Aaron Judge the offseason. Now you had better give him $500 million. And, uh, yeah. you know, he was actually very insulted by the Yankees front office in the offseason. Yeah. He wasn't considering going anywhere else. You know, Brian Cashman might have uh, given him that little bug in the back of his head to say, well, hey, maybe I shouldn't be so loyal to these people. I'm going to wrap it up with this note, and this is how we're going to end it. The Yankees don't win the World Series this year. They don't even, if they don't go deep in the playoffs this year, period. It's going to be the end of the era of the Yankees. As we know it. When we come back, we will have our MLB top 10 back after this. We're back to downtown sports on the Beast of the East, Jonathan Periente, along with my co-host, the Mouth of the South, John Schiavone. Get to the top 10 already. We're going to dive in. We're going to dive into our top 10. Thanks to our man, Tony Mainville. And here we got to do this quick. We have to like we I think we have like one minute to talk about each team. So let's go. Marathon right. top 10. Number 10, Seattle Mariners. You know what? I'm not upset with this move. The Mariners uh, have actually no. played shockingly good and shockingly you, good. You know, they have right. another ace on their damn team. Yeah. Castillo has been a big difference. And suddenly. Mariners might break that 20-year curse not being in the playoffs. Look out for them. They're coming. Oh, I told you all. No one listens to me. Everybody said, Matt, it's wrong. Matt, it's stupid. Matt, what are you talking about? Look at what's happening. Yeah. Number nine on our top 10, the San Diego Padres. Third wild card spot, 61 and 51. Yeah. Second they, in the West. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, I, I'm still waiting. Ever since the trade deadline, where's the hitting? I'm, I'm waiting it for it. It disappeared is what, what's happening. Now, they did win last night, which helped. So Soto and Bell played a big difference last night. But yeah, the Padres need to get going. They just let the Dodgers beat them, and that's a yeah. big problem. No, that's no good. That's a no very good. big problem. Number eight on our the top Phillies 10. are ahead of them in the yeah. wild card race, by the way. Just saying. And the Phillies are number eight on our top 10 as well. And there you go. Second wild card spot, and the Mets are going to be dealing with the Phillies next. That's a big game for the Mets, and the that's Phillies big, now yeah. could really uh, – they've won six in a row now. The Phillies are coming, guys. They were down in the dumps about a few month, about a month back. Girardi got fired. And suddenly now the Phillies are on the rise and maybe, maybe they overtake the Braves. Perhaps I could see that happening. They're only a few you, games back of Atlanta. You know what? Here's the thing I'm going to say. I said the Braves are going to win the division. Unfortunately, I'm still sticking with that because the Braves are still waiting to get some pieces back. If they get them back in time, they can make a run at the Mets. Mets but, are seven games up on Atlanta at this stage. right now. They, but they, they weren't they like 11, yeah. 11, they were a half a game at up? one point. They were only half a game at one point. Look, they, look, dude, there's still more than enough season for Atlanta to come back. Unfortunately, number seven on our top 10, the Toronto Blue Jays, 60 and 48 second, first wild card spot. You know, Blue Jays are there guys. They're, they're not going to go away. This is a team that everyone should steer clear they of. They have to make the postseason. That's all they have to do. They have to get into the dance, and then we'll see what Toronto's about. 
Well, right now you have the Orioles and Rays all bunched together with them, and they they could overtake the Blue Jays very easily at this point. And then not Boston, far from doing it. Boston's three games Boston's under, right but they're there. maybe like you know five or yep. six games back of those guys. You know, that, know AL, East is, run. that AL East is so competitive. It's it, packed. It's scary. It's scary. It's packed. Number six on our top ten, the St. Louis Cardinals, who are now just about a game ahead of the Brewers right now in the National League Central. It's that with their brand new ace, Jordan Montgomery. He doesn't need, and the scary part, he doesn't need to be their ace. You got Miles Michaelis, you got Jack Flaherty, you got Montgomery. Montgomery right now is just an extra piece for their rotation that they didn't have. And no, you got Wainwright anchoring the Cardinals it. And you got not, the Cardinals were not pitching very well, and um, their rotation was a little uh, spotty. Montgomery well, shores that up. What the Cardinals always do, they patch it up at the second half of the year. Now they have Helsley in the Helsley in the back end of their pen, who throws a hundred three. You got a, you have Hicks now who could throw 103, and he's in the bullpen now. So look at this team the Cardinals are building. And telling you guys, the Cardinals find a way to do this every year. They find a way to sneak in the playoffs, and then they go very deep in the playoffs more than people think they could. Well, it, it also helps them that Milwaukee likes to shoot themselves in the foot every yep. single year. Next. Oh, yeah. Yep. Number five, the Atlanta Braves. First wild card spot. They're second in the National League East. Mm-hmm. Very quietly, the Braves are getting their pieces back slowly. Today, they, they look, they, gang back they, Kirby Yates. They call up uh, Grissom, one of their top prospects, to join them. They had better do something. Losing four out of the five, four out of five against the Mets didn't help. You only got one series left. That was, the Mets next week. that was your chance. That was your chance. That was a chance. That was a five really game series. Division. That was five games, including a doubleheader. You got to play the Mets in Atlanta. That's a big series now if you're Atlanta. They have to win that or this season. Atlanta has over to sweep. Oh, my God. That's sweep sweet. is like, sweep is an understatement. You hope Ozzy Albies comes back and you hope Soroka comes back because then the Braves will be dangerous. Mark my words. Number four in our top 10 are the Houston Astros, now officially tied with the Yankees for the best record in the American League, 71 and 40. Yeah. And it is scary how good this Astros team is. Verlander, 15 wins, an ERA of 1.73. Jordan Alvarez leading We're the American League. see our first 20-game winner in about 10 years, right? Well, Verlander's been the last 20-game winner we've had over the last couple yeah. of years. Actually, scary yeah. when you think about it like that, but Verlander's just that consistent. You know, Carrasco's got 13 wins. He's not far behind Verlander either. So, Freed ain't that, Freed maybe, ain't that far either. Maybe Cookie could get there. Maybe the Cookie man could get to that point. Who knows? Good Lord. Might happen. Number maybe. three in our top ten. I can't believe this team's ahead of them. We just talked about them in the first half. The Yankees are number three on the top ten. They are there. Look. They should be at least where the Astros are. You should flip the Astros to three and put the Yankees at four. As we'll far see. As I'm concerned. Uh, if, if the Yankees don't get their act together, that's what the the Yankees would be a lot further down on this list. Mm. Number two are the Mets at 71 and 39, first in the National League East. And you they've know, Mark, passed the Yankees in terms of record. They now have a better record than the Houston Astros ever since the break. And by the way, we'll Mets have lost two games this. since the break. Mets I'll are talk 13. about this next segment, but I'm so happy to be wrong. Yeah, I am. We'll talk about that in the second half. But yeah, now with DeGrom back, this Met rotation is lethal. There is no weak spot in the Mets rotation anymore. It's scary. Now the key is, can the Mets keep this team together and not have an injury? A significant one for the remainder of the season. That will be the big one for me. If DeGrom stays, this team wins the World Series. Mark DeRosa DeRosa even said it himself yesterday. He believes the Mets could be the team that wins it all. He thinks the Mets are that prepared. I think they are. Yeah, they, they are. Play, it's scary. 
Number one. Look, when I said they were going to lose the division, I didn't say they were going to lose the World Series. I just don't think they'll win the division. Yeah. Well, number one in our top 10, I think we all know who number one is. The Dodgers. 75 and 33, best record in Major League Baseball. Freddie Freeman, second in average. Third and and on base percentage and in OPS. Tony Gonsolin, 13 and one on the year. Yep. Leads the National League in whip. Tyler Anderson is 13 and one. So you have two 13 win starters in your rotation. And they're not named Clayton Kershaw or Walker Bueller. Yep. They're not even here right now. So imagine when they come back. Yeah. So um that's gonna be that's gonna be some uh very fun baseball when it comes down to the NLCS because you, you, there's no way in hell it's gonna be anybody else but LA and New York. There really isn't. I, I don't see it. Past Houston. I don't trust New York getting past Houston right well, now. Well, no, I'm saying LA, LA versus oh. New York in the NLCS. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, okay. Okay, if we were going to say World Series, no, I thought we I were could going see the, the Yankees rocket. getting past Houston if. If. It's a big if. Big if. Severino comes back and could pitch as well as he's been pitching. How about you beat Verlander? How about you beat Verlander? Derek Cole should be able to. That's why you signed him. No. I'm dying to see a Verlander-Cole matchup right now. I'm dying to see that. We haven't seen it yet. It has to happen. I want to see it. It's going to. When we come back, it's time to talk about something that makes me happy, something that makes me smile inside. See, I don't like it when I'm right. Usually when I'm right, that means bad things are happening and everything's going uh, pear-shaped according to my predictions. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that I was wrong. We'll find out why after this. And we're back to downtown sports. I am the beast of the East, John and Periente, along with my co-host, the mouth of the South, John Schiavone. You can listen to downtown sports on 19 different platforms. Okay, we got this. We got this. We, do we have it written down so we remember to say them all? And well, I, 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 I wrote it down. You? I wrote it down. Yes, I wrote Are it down last sure? week. Are I'm going to make sure I get it right. Okay, I'm going to make sure I get this right. Okay, okay. here we go. Okay. 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 We're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast. Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher. We're gonna, we're oh gonna start my God! I'm sorry, my you know, it's it's hard to remember 19. Really, it's that hard. Fine, I'll do it for you. No, Anchor, no, no, no. Breaker, I, 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 Spotify, I, 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 Radio I, Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. Castbox, Bullhorn, Podbay, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, Verbal, Castro.fm, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, and Podvine. And Congratulations. I am a fount of useless knowledge. Yeah. 19 platforms. <laughs> We're downtown sports. We are sports come home. And uh, yeah, next let's, week, uh, we might have a 20th. We'll let you know about soon. that next week. Yeah. But let's dive into the other team in New York. We talked about the Yankees for about a good half hour. Bash them, Cashman, everyone. Now, you remember uh, what I said at the very beginning, right? I, I mentioned uh, it's not about some of the moves you make. It's about the moves you don't make, right? All right, well, the Mets, you know, had to make a few moves, and they did. Now, of course, they weren't moves that uh, we thought would make any sense. We thought 
what were the Mets thinking making a few of these moves, right? First, the Mets made a trade with Pittsburgh. They trade Colin Holderman, their, one of their top young relievers, and get this big, blocky, 260-pound man named Daniel Vogel back. Looked like Ike Davis 2.0. Guy that couldn't hit. Batting average. average to Matt. Yeah, batting average of what, 213? Couldn't hit a lick? Nope. Yet since he's been in the lineup, over Mets 300 winning. Yeah, he has. He's actually deep he's in the lineup the reason. with Pete Alonso. He's actually he's been the reason. He's provided the protection Pete Alonso didn't have. And now Lindor's come around. And hitting home runs now. And Marte's come around. Yep. In addition to that, crap, but, in know. addition to that, the Mets then added a veteran outfielder named Tyler Naquin. Yeah, you know, decent hitter. I said he was an okay hitter. You know, could, could do some things, has good speed. He definitely hustles, something the Mets I know would love. And he's contributed, getting big hits for the Mets as well, hitting a couple yep. home runs here and there. Wonderful. And then there was the wild card, the trade deadline move that everybody was like, who the heck is this guy? The Mets make a deal and get Darren Ruff from the Giants. Nobody really knew who Darren Ruff even is. I think I was the only person that was like, wait, wait, who? Ooh, that's a left handed nice. bat. But he was a left handed bat. The Mets needed in the lineup, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, all three of the Mets that were joining the Mets with Vogel back, Naquin, and Ruff are all left handed batters. Something the Mets uh, didn't really have was a lefty bat. Now and got- guess what? They're all contributing. And the Mets right now are flying high atop the National League East. And with now DeGrom back in a rotation with Scherzer, Bassett, Carrasco. Oh, my God. And not to this mention is the Peter rotation. Oh my God! And then and then McGill's gonna go to the bullpen when he comes back. Peterson's when he comes the number back. five yep. starter. Yep. Trevor May is back in your bullpen as well. So now you gain the depth back in the pen that you didn't have for a little while. We have and six, Diaz seven, eight, and nine. Away. We have six, seven, eight, and nine covered. Which you really Name don't me another team in need. baseball that has starting rotation one through five covered, and innings six through nine covered. I would like to say maybe Houston's the only other team I could think of with a full five rotation right now, along with the Mets. That's the only one I could think of. Dodgers, if they're healthy. If they're healthy, right. And they're not right now, but yes, if they get Kershaw, Bueller back, yeah. You pencil them right in there with Anderson. You pencil them right into there with Gonsolin, and you put Arias in there. There's your five rotation right there. Yes. But they don't have the bullpen. You see, no, no team has the starting rotation. And a lockdown closer. And the lockdown closer with the setup bridge to get them there. Mm, well, I, I the like to say the Astros do. The Astros it. do. So do the Astros. They don't have six through nine. They oh, don't yeah, have they six, do. six through nine covered. Rafael Montero has become their eighth inning guy. Presley's their closer. <sighs> oh, God. Four. Yeah, Rafael Montero's become pretty good. I know. Uh, Stanek could I said he was. Stanek, oh, whatever. Could seven, seven, Stanek could close, could set up the seventh inning for you. He's a good 9,900 arm. Mm-hmm. Seth Martinez for long relief. Uh, I'd say the Astros are, are are pretty equipped with the bullpen they have, just as the Mets are. Seth Lugo, what, what especially when McGill comes back. We didn't even mention Seth, Seth Lugo. We didn't even mention Seth Lugo. Seth That's Lugo inning number six. You could have Lugo be McGill seven or eight. inning number seven. And then who's eight? Trevor May. Trevor May. Not and nine is the best closer in baseball by. Okay. This is either the sign of the apocalypse or, you know, something. Look, there's some major world events going on right now. Uh, I'm knocking on about as much wood as I could knock on. Because right now, Edwin Diaz 
I'm still knocking, is the best closer in baseball, but not just the best closer in baseball. He's having one of the most dominant seasons in history. Of a closer, yeah, or of any pitcher at all. I think he's actually putting up numbers even Mariano never put up. With I think you're away. right. To continue on that point, I'm going to punch those up real fast. Now, Edwin Diaz is averaging 17 Ks per nine innings. So roughly every time Diaz comes out there, he's strikeout, 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 strikeout. Every outing, Diaz is giving you two, three strikeouts per appearance. When you have somebody throwing like that. Oh, man. I can't oh, remember the last time. Oh, man. I think, wait. From the Yankee series, was that the last time Edwin Diaz even had a base runner that he allowed? I don't think he's given up a base runner since that Yankee series. Other than the Yankee series? Diaz has not given up a base runner, has he? From the, the period of time, ready? From July 10th to the 26th, he didn't give up a hit. And then from the 26th to today, not one hit. Edwin Diaz's line this year, I would dare say, is Cy Young worthy. For a closer. Cy Young's go to starting pitchers. They don't go to closers. He can win the Mario Rivera Award for the best you, closer. You, you, 45 innings pitched. Mm-hmm. Only 27 hits. Mm-hmm. Only seven runs. Three of those came off of home runs. Mm-hmm. 12 walks, 91 strikeouts, mm-hmm. 26 saves, 1.39 ERA. Insane. That, that, Insane. that, Cy Young. Name me the pitcher in the National League that's been better. Name me a pitcher that's been well. Name me yeah. a pitcher in the National League that's been better than this. Well, if he didn't give up two runs, I would have said your boy DeGrom. That would have been the only other close ahead of Diaz, I would have said. If you know DeGrom wasn't hurt and all that stuff, DeGrom's ERA would be even better than that of Diaz, period. I mean... And that's rare company to be saying that. Edwin Diaz can win a Cy Young Award. He's on pace to save over 50 games. He, he, he might be able to save at least... I say he might end up with like what, 40, 45 saves. Well, right now, well, right now Diaz has twenty six at this DRA point. Is at one point three nine. Yep, and he's only thrown forty five innings, and he's only had to in forty five and a third innings is all he's got. So, Buck has done a very good job at this point to be only at forty five innings at this stage of the year. Means not only does Buck Showalter not have to run him out there every single day. But you're getting depth out of your starters, and sometimes you're winning by a good margin. You don't need Diaz to close games. Sometimes your starters can steal a few innings for you and save Diaz's arm, and that's exactly what's happened. It's really quite incredible, actually, when you, when you think about it. Considering how when Diaz had 57 saves, which was his best season of his career, he, had, he threw 73 innings. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. I just want to let everybody look at, and I'm going through career stats of Edwin Diaz here. So am I. 2019, terrible. 
honestly. Worst season. Over five. That was an year over five, yes. 2020, he only pitched in 26 games, 1.75 ERA. Mm-hmm. 2021, 3.45. It's not what you'd like. But, you know, uh, 63 games pitched, 89 strikeouts. He was 5-6, and six, yep. though. Lost too many games. Yep. 32 saves. Yep. But, you know, res- respectable ERA. He wasn't a terrible closer. Yeah. This year, uh, <laughs> he's not... He's never put up numbers like this. No, he's given up seven. The only thing that the yeah, the only the only difference here, only difference is that even in that 2018 season, notice that every single season except for 2020, Diaz was under 500. 2016 for 0 and 4. Mm-hmm. Um, 2017 4 and 6. Mm-hmm. 2018 0 and 4. 2019, two and seven. 2020, two and one. 2021, five and six. Only two and one this year so far. Yeah. Well, he hasn't and, had to factor in the decision too much. He doesn't need to. Yeah, because uh, the Mets have other pieces to put in. But the thing is, Diaz, it seems he's killed that not clutch gene he's had. Because even in 2018, you know, being 0-4 for a closer is not good. No. He had to learn how to adapt. He had to learn how to change. He had to learn how to grasp the mindset of playing in New York. Lindor's embraced that. it now. Lindor has embraced that. it as well. I don't even think it's the mindset of playing in New I York. Think I think it's Diaz had to no, Diaz had to mature. Remember, how old is he? 28. He's been in the major since 2016. So six years. He came up here when he was 22. Yes. He's 28 now. This is his is the beginning of his prime. If this is everybody to think about prime, that. It's scary. If this is only he's the beginning of his prime, how much better he's can he get? 28. This is when your prime years in baseball are 28 to 32. Let's be real. 28 to 32, that's when you should be putting up all your, your best, best numbers, numbers and solidifying your Hall of Fame claims. Nope. Diaz is just beginning to do that now. Yeah, and uh, he's had two... I'd say he's had... Uh, <clears throat> well, actually, you have to count 2020 as something. 1.75 ERA. Yeah. Um, he, he played in 26 of those 60, though. He was very often used. Yeah. In 2018, 1.96 ERA. 2017, he had 34 saves and 3.27 ERA. You know, so I think the 3.27, 3.45, 34 save, 89 to 90 strikeouts, Edwin Diaz was more the part of the course. I think what you're going to see from this kid now is, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say you're going to see below two ERAs from him mm-hmm. the rest of his career, 2.4, 2.5, 40 saves, bunch mm-hmm. of strikeouts. You're seeing the beginning. We're seeing the beginnings of it. And by the way, he's looked better than he's ever looked in his career. Yeah. The next save Diaz gets will be his 200th. So that'll be a milestone for him right there. The next save will be his 200th save. 28 years old. Could he be on pace to pass Rivera? Or Hoffman? Well, Rivera's the all-time save leader now. Does he pass Rivera? Well, I mean, could, could he even pass Trevor Hoffman? Uh, have to see. He'd have to. You know, he'd have to. Yeah, be, he has to. They have, have to, to do a lot of work. Free. He'd have to be injury free, pretty much for the for going from here now. He has to be injury free from this point on. He is definitely the best closer the Mets have ever had. Even better than that of Billy Wagner. Even better than that of John Franco. 
John Franco is a sentimental favorite. Sentimental favorites. Nobody has been this talented coming out of the ninth inning for the Mets in their history. No one. But that's what frustrated Met fans about him. And, you know, I, I, I finally have to just forgive him for 2019. I have to forgive him. Because since then, it's been pretty damn good baseball. For 63 innings, he pitched to a 3.45 ERA. And then for another 63 innings since 2019, uh, you count 2020 and 2022, I'd mm-hmm. say about a 1.5-something ERA. Well, I'm impressed with the numbers as of now. I want to see it come postseason time. I want to see it in the games where it really counts. And the Mets have some games on the stretch that they have to win. And I want to see that Diaz can keep that going. That's going to be very important. Philly. It starts with Philly, but do you know what? It also depends on if Mr. Vogelbach can keep up what he's doing. Yeah. it's look, If that bat starts to get weaker in that lineup, then all that protection Alonzo had is gone, and all that, uh, which means all the protection Lindor has is gone. No. What the Mets need to do right now is keep this lineup healthy. Yeah, they do. That's and what Buck Showalter has, has to be able to They do. have to keep Boga back hitting because you have oh, to yeah. understand this well, guy is a career 200 hitter. Well, you're putting, well, putting him in the lineup every day. is going to help him get productive at bats every day. Playing, running him out there every day will help. And now he has a spot in the lineup where I'm not only does does Alonzo have protection, but I think Vogelback has protection for himself as well. Because now Vogelback can finally be in a lineup where other hitters now are dangerous to pitch to. And now maybe Vogelback can get some pitches to hit that he wasn't able to get when he was playing for Pittsburgh or when he was playing in in for the Mariners, etc. Perhaps he didn't he didn't Perhaps. have a bat protecting him like Pete Alonso. Not at all. Years. Not at all. You're right. But that doesn't explain a one hundred point jump in batting average. So there has to be something. And the Mets need to figure out what is that trigger that makes him swing bad. And they need to nip it in the bud quickly. Because they want Vogelback to keep on this, uh, you know, good role that he's on. Well, let's see what happens when the Mets play these tougher teams. I want to see that. Yeah, As that's now, the other thing. The Mets swept uh, the Reds tonight. The Mets already won today, winning 10-2. to two, So they swept look, the Reds easily. Do what you got to do. You do what you have to do. You, you play the teams that you play, and you have to beat the team in front of you that day. And ever since the trading deadline, the Mets have not necessarily... Mets have lost two games since the that. The Mets have lost two games so far for the All-Star break. You, yeah. you do notice that, right? What competition they have they really 16. had aside from Atlanta? The Mets have won 14 of 16 games right now. It's not a fluke. It's not nope. an aberration. It's reality. This is their, This is April all over again, guys. Mm. This is April all over again. Well, here's the let me let me share with you, and I'll divulge this right now. I'll give you the road, the uh, the pitching matchups for the Phillies series. What do you say? Let's Mets, let's do it. Mets will have, well, first, Mets will have a day off tomorrow to prepare for this series with the Phillies, so that'll be good. All right, game one will be Scherzer against Ranger Suarez. Mm-hmm. Okay, that should be a good one. Game two, Phillies don't have a starter yet, but DeGrom will pitch for the Mets on Saturday. And then still a mystery for the final game. I will not be surprised if the Phillies fill that gap with Cindergaard and Wheeler. That shouldn't shock anyone. Three hours ago, Twitter. Um, hold on. Let me see who the tweet is from. From Mike P. 
Pinarello. Um, mm. Ranger Suarez versus Max Scherzer for Friday at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Saturday, Aaron Nola versus Jacob deGrom. Makes Sunday, sense. Sunday, Zach Wheeler versus Chris Bassett. There you go. There you go. Right there. That's a pretty dangerous. Uh, that's a pretty dangerous three in the rotation for either side, as far as I'm concerned. But you know but, what? The only real dangerous pitcher in that threesome for uh, Philly that I see that could actually be better than what the Mets are throwing out there is uh, Wheeler over Bassett. Mm. Wheeler, 2.69 ERA, has been consistent for very many years. He's been consistent since, like, what, 2013, 2014? Yeah, Every single good. year, he's just been very good. I wouldn't disregard Aaron Nola either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disregard but... Aaron Nola either. Uh, ERA is just a hair above three. Only issue I have with him is eight and eight. His team don't hit firm. Yeah. Well, Andrew do Suarez the Mets, uh, as well. Well, tell me something. On, on normal circumstances, do the Mets hit for DeGrom on a normal circumstance? True or false? Mm, historically not. But no. as of late. Well, better. the uh, the pre well, the first start DeGrom had back, he was on a very severe pitch limit and he only went five innings. And then the Mets didn't score a run after that for the rest of that game. Yes, then the Mets scored enough runs, four runs, and that was more than enough if you're Jacob DeGrom yeah. to throw five and two-thirds. Give Jake DeGrom three runs, and he'll win you the game. Yeah. In fact, the Mets have only lost five games all year when scoring at least four runs or more. And that's the key. This team pitches. Sure. More this importantly, is... they hit with two outs. They hit with two outs as well, which is insane. This is reminiscent of the 86 team, except I think they pitch better. I think this team pitches better than the 86 team. I think I thought the 86 team had pretty solid pitching as well. You had Doc Gooden in there. You had Darling in there. You had Sid Fernandez in Name there. You had Orozco in there. You had one, Frank Viola in there. Name me a better one-two combo than DeGrom and Scherzer. In the game right now, a better one-two punch or any or at any point in the past we're talking about here. Right now or in the past. Okay. Well, at the time, I would have said Verlander and Cole. Back when Cole was an Astro, I would have said right up there, that would have ranked with DeGrom and Scherzer top two right there. No way. I would have I would have in the past because Scherzer, DeGrom, Verlander. Verlander's about as unhittable as DeGrom. And when Cole was with Houston, he was about as unhittable as anyone. Of course, that was then. Not now. But yes, as far as the combo that I'm seeing, I don't think there's one any better right now. I don't think so. The only one, two that I think in history, even, that matches this was uh, Maddox Glavin. I thought it was, well, I thought maybe Smoltz and Maddox would have made, would have, I think, definitely been up there. But what about Schilling and Randy? What about Schilling and the big unit, right? Close. About them? Close. Oh, Schilling and, and, and the big unit was about as unhittable as a duo mm. as you'll ever see. If Randy Johns was on, you weren't hitting. I you think both Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom are better than both Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson. I've never seen Schilling or Johnson dominate like DeGrom has dominated. And Scherzer, to be doing this at this point in his career, continuing all of this. Remember, he was under the learning tree of Justin Verlander. Yes, he was. In the very beginning of his career, yes, he was. He was. That was the first real big pro that he ever had to look up to. And uh, he's been chasing that guy down ever since. 
And don't the national, think, he had a and don't think DeGrom career. maybe hasn't picked up a few things from Scherzer as well. Don't think DeGrom doesn't pick Scherzer's buttons a little bit. And, you know, he wants to be even more unhittable than he is now. By the way, Scherzer is a 1.980 ERA. Yep. Eight and two in his limited starts, but below two ERA. That's enough said right there. This Met team, Bassett, nine and seven, ERA of just over three. He got himself back under control. Carrasco's, Carrasco's the worst. Wins. He's the he worst. 13 wins. He's the worst of them. And what's his ERA? 3.6, 3.7? I think Taiwan Walker's ERA is still like either three or below. Well, Taiwan Walker won today's game for the Mets, so he is now 10 and three with a 3.43 ERA. And then Peterson is still, I believe, pitching uh, to a below three. Yeah, yeah. You know, Peterson will give you about five, maybe six. He's your one starter that's not going to give you seven innings. He'll give you about six, and that's good enough. Because then the bullpen can just cover those innings up, as we talked about a little bit. And especially when McGill comes back. Six, seven, eight, nine, covered. It's scary. Lugo into McGill into May into Diaz. I don't think you're going to see another lockdown pitching staff like that probably for another five, six years. top to freaking bottom, this Met pitching staff is good. There is not a weak arm. Drew, the, the weak arm, Drew Smith, Drew Smith he's out. Yeah. He's gone. He ain't going to be here for the rest of the year. Well, it is what it is. But yes. So, I don't see the weak point on the team other than offense. And uh it looks like Mr. Volgebach has uh, done the job. In he fact, was the big uh, fix we needed. You talked about the Met rotation. And you know what? Mr. Cookie just shared your opinion, calls the Mets rotation best he's been in. That's coming from Carlos Carrasco, says it's the best rotation he's been in. That's coming from a guy who was in the same rotation as Kluber and the other one? Yeah, Salazar, Clevenger, Bauer, and Bieber. Clevenger, Bauer, Weaver, Bieber, Kluber, him. Yeah. And Back this then, the Indians had better. one of the most feared. Back then, the Indians had one of the most feared rotations the game had ever seen. This rotate, you know what this rotation is? This rotation is what we were advertised with Harvey, Mats, Wheeler, and DeGrom. That's what what we got. What we're getting now is what we were advertised then. Yeah. By the way, that starting rotation altogether has a major league leading 202 strikeouts and mm. only 45 walks. There you go. That's insane. Keep runners off the base pads. The best way to win is to make sure they never get on the bases. Going back to July 5th, the Mets starters have an ERA of 2.23 over their last 31 games. Disgusting. Back to July 5th. That's when Scherzer came back, by the way, from when he was out. Mm -hmm. I have to say something. I was wrong. I was wrong. I killed the Mets. I said, what the hell were they doing? Come on, we need another starter in here. Come on, we need we need another bat. You know, well, these guys the Mets, are not the Mets did. They went it. out they went out and they did go out and get a few bats. Now they weren't bats that maybe everybody thought were gonna make any sense. They weren't like, oh, a big Juan Soto. They weren't a a, a big power bat like a no. It was nobody these weren't guys that were any I special. I knew they weren't guys. getting Juan Soto. The only thing I could, the only 
thing I really got upset at was that, you know, we couldn't pry J.D. Martinez away from Boston. That yeah. That's that was the thing that I well, that would have been bad. About. That would have just made the lineup completely unfair. You get J.D. Martinez, that lineup is completely if you get J.D. Martinez, the lineup becomes as good as the Dodgers lineup. Yeah. Which is what you need in order to win. I mean, Trey Mancini could have been a nice piece to this lineup. Yeah, that too. That Mancini ben would have could have been a love. Actually, Ben Attendee would have been perfect here. I think yeah. he'd be great here. Considering how this whole Met lineup is a contact hitting lineup. It's right in. And yeah. Well, at the end of the day, so far, at least up to this point, the three new bats have helped this Met lineup. And this lineup is more dangerous than they've ever been since the first half Sandy of the season. Ald- and Sandy Alderson and Billy Epler both are skilled at this. Uh, they're you were bashing at- Alderson forever. You were you always were criticize Alderson. Oh, I he do. makes terrible decisions. He does this move wrong. He does this move wrong. And- yeah, I don't like his offseason moves mostly. But remember, Epler was the guy that came up with all those really cool trades that made Cashman look so good for years. Yeah, you know, all those he- little, uh, you know, off the because he did work because he worked with the Yankees at one point. Yeah, Epler was uh, the assistant GM under exactly. Cashman for a long exactly. time. Exactly. Exactly. But you know what? He took that skill, and Alderson's also very good at this. Look at 2015 for proof. Um, retooling a roster and getting pieces that it needs. And this roster had no left-handed bats. And do you know what that makes me think of? They're preparing to play teams with short left-field porches. Like Yankee Stadium. The Mets are thinking to a world ch- They're thinking to the World Series. The Yankees aren't. I don't know if they're thinking that way. To me, it looks like the Yankees wanted to make flashy moves. They Big wanted headlines. to respond to the criticisms of bring, get rid of Gallo, get rid of Gallo. So what did they do? Oh, oh yeah. And then when Castillo went to Seattle, all every Yankee fan started doing was screaming about it. So basically, Cashman appeased the fans. He went and tried to appease the fans. Meanwhile, Alderson and Epler wanted to actually please the fans. There's a difference between appeasing the fans and pleasing, and the pleasing fans. them. The Mets are actually pleasing their fans for the first time since the 19 freaking 80s. Since 86, my goodness. For the first time since the 80s, they've been pleasing their fans. The Yankees are now appeasing. How about disappointing their fans as well? How the world turns. My, how things change. And I'm going to wrap up the show like this. Do you know what this trade deadline proved? The New York Yankees. At least this season. And I think in season's future. I think the Yankees are well on their way to reliving the 80s and 90s all over again. Basically a Will Pawnian existence where you're and and what do I always hear from Yankee fans? Oh, when are we going to bring up the kids? Oh, we can't trade the kids. You know, I've been hearing about you know know who used to say that? Yeah, talk to me. Me. You know, I've been hearing Back that from fans now. Eras. I've been Back hearing that from fans era. now. What fans already want? Glaber Torres gone. They want IKF gone. They want Peraza up here right now. They want Oswald Peraza, their top prospect, up now. 
He's he's got nothing to prove down there, is what they say. IKF's already proven he base running mistakes. Fielding's not quite there. Oh, Peraza no. should be here. Peraza should take over for IKF already, is what I'm Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. That's the same kind of crap that I used to spout when we first got on the air together all those years ago. And, and now the, the Yankee fans 2000s. are beginning to see it with their own eyes. And now the Yankee fans are finally seeing. The but no, problem. no, no, you're, you're missing my point. Oh, please, go ahead. In the late mm-hmm. 2000s, when we started doing shows together, mm-hmm. wasn't I the one talking about, oh, we got to get rid of this guy. We need this prospect up here now. We're not resigning this guy. Why do we care about that? Bring up the future. Let, let's have the future now. This guy is going to go away or we're going to end up trading that guy. And it's 2022. About, I'd say, what a good Jesus. We've been on it. We've been doing downtown sports for almost 13 years, whether it be podcast or college radio. All the way back to 2010. 2010. Yeah. And in 2010, in 2010, all you heard me with talking about was we got to get this guy up because we're going to end up trading this guy and we need to trade that guy to get some more prospects so that we could rebuild the farm system while we bring up these guys. And then maybe we could sign one free agent and then we'll be ready to contend. That's been my MO for 12, for over like 10 of the 12 years we've been doing this show in all of its forms. Mm-hmm. And now the roles are reverse. You're talking about bring up prospects. We need to make great value trades and we can't give away prospects for a rental because, you know, we're not going to retain them. Oh, what are we going to do about Aaron Judge? He wouldn't take the offer. Now, uh, we can't give him we can't give him the money he wants. Yep. Why is it that all of a sudden Yankee fans have accepted sounding like Met fans of the past? The league All of you would have smacked yourselves in the face if you ever if if anyone told you in 2012 or 2010 that in 12 years you would be talking about value deals, trade deadline moves that get that don't move too many prospects, but get you players with team control. So this way you could put them in arbitration for a year or two before you have to sign them and then you let them go off to another team or you trade them or or it is such a like I'll give you an example when Cashman traded Aroldis Chapman to get Glaber Torres on the team and then re-signed Aroldis Chapman. That is such a New York Met thing to do. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the roles reverse. The Mets will go in the offseason. Oh, we need pitching. All right. Max Scherzer. I want him. But wait, we already have to go out. We don't need shirt. We just need some. Get Scherzer. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Okay, Uncle Steve. Great. Okay. We'll get him. We, 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 we need some hitting. We, 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 I don't know what to do. Trade for Frankie Lindor. What? What, I, I, what did I tell you? We, we need more pitching. We do. Okay, get Bassett. Get Bassett and Carrasco in here. How are we going to do it? They're like number one or number two starters. I, I said get them. Yeah. Here's and, the point and, of the matter. This, this, this is what the Yankees are missing. Yeah. They George left and went, and his soul went into the body of Cohen. And this is what we get with the Mets. Somebody that actually gives a damn. 
I don't see that on the Yankee side of the equation from no, ownership or that's management. Gone. That's been gone for 10. That's been gone for 10 to 12 years already. That's gone. Yep. And only and only if George's kids sell the team. Maybe the Yankees will then get an owner that cares. Maybe they'll get a GM that gives a shit. Well, there we go. Well, on that note, that's going to conclude this all baseball edition, our trade deadline special of downtown sports. I want to thank Chris DeLarge. I want to thank Tony Mainville for providing us with our MLB top 10. You can listen to downtown sports on 19 different platforms on anchor breaker, Spotify, radio, public overcast, pocket cast, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, cast box, bullhorn, pod bay, listen notes, podcast, static, verbal, Castro.fm, stitcher, audible, Amazon music, and Podvine. 19 platforms, rants, episodes, digital market battle specials every week. We are downtown sports, and we are where sports come home. And we have some change up in the staff. Yes, we do. I want to thank our statistician, Tony Mainville. He's gotten a promotion. And now, by the way, none of these two know this yet until they hear this episode. So that's going to be really fun. Tony Mainville, our new statistician. And we told you that Girl Friday Tanya Williams was leaving the show. So that means we had to go look and, you know, try to get ourselves a new producer. And you know what we figured? But do you know what we figured? We've already got one. In-house. And he's been ready to do this job for a long time. He's taken over the Twitter. He helps us make segments for the show, and he is the lead statistician of downtown sports. Our new producer, Mr. Christopher Delarge. I do want to share a brief little moment before we end the show. Of course, uh, baseball world lost a great man following the All-Star game and following the trade deadline, the passing of the great Ben Scully. It's been a week since he passed away. One of the greatest broadcasters in all of baseball and just was somebody that he is the you, best broadcaster you wanted to, history. well, by far, the best. somebody that you wanted to always get to meet and just get to understand just learn the art of the business if there was anybody who did it better than anyone it was Ben Scully I think the only other voice in baseball that might be as iconic as Ben Scully is John Sterling that's it oh, Red that's Barber, rarefied air Red Barber was Red Barber Vin Scully learned from him and Scully was he trained under Red Barber he trained under some of the greatest people in this business there was not too many souls in this industry that could call a game like Vin. Nobody knew more about the game. Nobody knew more about baseball than Vin Scully. One of the why. best to ever cover the game. If not the best. It's crazy. Rest in peace, Vin Scully. Thank you. I want to thank my co-host, the Beast of the East. Thank our crew for all of them thank you for listening it's the mouth of the south john shivoni we out goodbye